Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, this is Taylor Vipolis, and as always, I'm joined by Tar Heel football letterman and current radio analyst, Deems May. Deems, thanks for your time today. Carolina, they put a halt to a three-game losing streak with a big win in Atlanta against Georgia Tech. What were your biggest overall takeaways from Saturday's game? Well, um, number one, obviously, was a must-win that was gotten. So um, that's got to be it. With uh, the scenario of, of, of three games, um, a three-game losing streak, and then having the bye week coming up and knowing that you're playing you know, the, the worst team in, in the ACC uh, by record and stats, um, you just had to find a way to, to win. And it wasn't pretty for sure. There are things that, that I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss that are concerning, but overall, to uh, come away with a win is um, is number one, no matter what, because you know, the history was has always been bad down there. But giving them life, you know, in the second half was tough. But number one for sure is is is, is finding a way to win and getting to the bye week three and three. Yeah, I know people will say Georgia Tech made a late run, but. It never really felt like that to me. Carolina, they had a sizable talent advantage. They are way ahead of where this Georgia Tech team wants to be in terms of two new staffs implementing their new schemes. And Carolina really controlled this game from start to finish. Yeah, well, you and I are different. You must be a half-full guy because I didn't feel that way at all. (laughs) I've watched too many times where we've had a chance to really put our foot on the throat and and then the tide gets turned and and we give a team with without much uh, reason of being in the game uh, a reason to be there, and somehow you know they end up beating you. And um, I don't know if the, I've been doing this for you know a lot longer than you have, and I've seen a lot of losses that should have been wins. So no, that that was I, di- I didn't feel that way. I felt that um, you know defensively we we relaxed and we gave up. You know we got beat twenty two to twenty one in the second half, and and it is what it is. I don't care who it was scored on or what, but. That game in a couple of years um, with, with solid recruiting, with a, with a mindset of of we're going to put teams away. That team from and next year, the year after, and, and going forward uh, during Coach Brown's tenure with with solid with solid depth will be over by halftime. And that game should have been over by halftime. But uh, again, big picture, uh, we got the win. But in another year or two, that that you play a team that less talented and struggling that much, that game will be over at halftime. And and we. Uh, we, we didn't put them away and we gave them a little life and the crowd got in it. And, and that was a, a bad scenario. But again, we responded on third down and fourth down and we responded with a quarterback that's just uh, that's just playing years above uh, his age. I think Carolina, they had the chance to put this game away and get some of these starters out. But I guess from a glass half full approach, you know, this first game they haven't trailed in the fourth quarter. And I think the biggest reason why I felt like Carolina always controlled this game is just because of Sam Howell. And Sam Howell has been the biggest reason for UNC's turnaround this year. The quarterback play is night and day compared to last year. You couldn't have asked for a better start from a true freshman. You could put his stats up there really with any other quarterback in the conference, 376 passing yards this past week. I think you're starting to see that Carolina can win just about any game and they expect to win just about any game when they get Sam Howell kind of performing at this level. Yeah, I tell you, he leads the um, ACC in passing yards and and touchdowns, and and that's with the guy that many had already 
uh, given the Heisman. And so um, he's out playing, you know, Trevor Lawrence, and he outplayed him in in, in Chapel Hill. And but you know the bat, the main thing is the record, and and he's three and three, and and, and Lawrence is I don't know four or five and oh whatever it is. But um, man, I tell you, the guy's a baller. He's a flatliner. He it, nothing really bothers him. His demeanor doesn't change. I've seen quarterbacks in the past that if they had had 100 yards worth of drops in the first half like he did, would have just pitched a fit, got all upset, started getting, you know, head down, shoulders dragging, all of that. And he he didn't let it bother him. And he kept coming back and going back to these guys. And it's just uh, mature beyond his ears and just a great pocket presence. Set in there against some 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 blitzes and, and just delivered on third and fourth down just time after time again in that second half where it was really needed. To, to put yourself up, you know, to that two and three score limit. It'll be interesting to see how people vote for the all ACC team, because like you mentioned, I think Sam Howell is playing at a superior level to a guy like Trevor Lawrence. And the only other person who's kind of in that conversation for best quarterback in the ACC is Newman from Wake Forest. And one of the biggest keys for Howell's success lately has been the offensive line and how they've progressed the past two games. It's it's a position that got a large share of the blame in Carolina's two losses, and you know rightfully so, but they've really turned it around the past two games, protecting Sam Howell and opening up some running lanes for this offense. Yeah, I think it's way too early to talk about all ACC, so I'll, I'll just leave that at that, but agreed. Um, there's something about having Heck back that's kind of given a little bit of just a relaxation or, or what you will over the – over the offensive line to have your your anchor and your your senior leader in there that's just made a world of difference and really wish he would have been able to play in that App State game um, because I really think that that if we'd have blocked like we had the last two weeks you know we'd be we'd be sitting here um, a lot better but you know it is what it is we're three and three and our quarterback's going to keep us in every game and on the flip side of that you know. The, the injuries are mind-boggling um, in the defensive secondary. I've never seen anything like it. Last year was tough for sure, but just to have, you know, this many injuries on, on in one position is, is, is going to make it really tough, and I think we saw glimpses of that in the second half, and I think we have to be realistic, Taylor, that it's going to be hard hard to get to bowl eligible with with, uh, with a couple walk-ons back there, but, you know, a guy like Sam Howe can, can surely, you know, we, there might be some shootouts. We might have to have a couple shootouts to get to bowl eligible, but I'm I just can't believe that the injuries we've had in, in that secondary, a couple ACLs, broken feet, a broken arm. I mean, it's like how, how to, <laughs> a broken arm that keeps you out for the year. I mean, we're not having, we're not having, you know, sprained thumbs and sprained ankles and a separated, you know, shoulder two to three week stuff. We're having season ending breaks, season ending ACLs. And I'm just baffled about how it's happened. And it's, it's, it's tough because it feels like we definitely are cursed with the momentum we have in the program to be struck down like injuries like that and in a particularly vulnerable spot. So I really got to keep, got to keep an eye on that through the, through the open week and going forward. And, and our fans have to understand how tough it's going to be defending the pass. And, and it's going to have to start up front. And those guys up front are really going to have to apply pressure. And, and we may have to do some things schematically to, to protect some of these younger guys that are going to have to step up roles in the defensive secondary. One of the things that you had mentioned earlier that we'll get back to now, one of the biggest problems for Carolina in the Georgia Tech game, drops from your wide receivers. I think they had five drops. They left a ton of points on the board with drops from wide receivers in that first half. Deami Brown and Daz Newsom, they're one and two respectively in the ACC with the most drops. What do you think has led to that? And 
how do you correct that midseason, if possible? I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't talked to Lonnie. I know Lonnie's just pulling his hair out, but it's a concentration thing because the minute you know they drop a, a, a touchdown pass in their hands, it's normally a, a seriously easy catch or a, you know, a third and six where they get to eight yards and the ball's right in their hands and they drop that. But you flip it to the other side and it's fourth and seven. They run a perfect route, great coverage, and they go up and grab the ball. And then you run a, a corner route, you know, in, in the end zone. It wasn't a corner route. It was just a go, perfect pass. They go up and make a catch, get one foot down and bounds, score a touchdown, put you back up by three scores. So that's something that, that, that just shows – I think it shows – Immaturity, you know, right now you got to treat every ball like that, like it's like it's the a fourth and seven ball. You got to treat every ball like it's a third and nine ball, and the ones that are the easiest are the ones you you generally relax and just say, "Oh man, I've already got a touchdown." You're already thinking about your celebration, and and I think that'll come with maturity, and I think that'll come with a lot of jugs machines over, over over the bye week from from Coach Galloway. All right, I just wanted to take a quick break to talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt. Family and alumni owned and operated since 1983. Johnny T-Shirt is your go-to for everything Carolina. They've got your Carolina football shirts, your Carolina football jerseys, your hats, your visors, your tailgating supplies. You want it, they've got it. You could visit them on Franklin Street or go online to johnnytshirt.com. And don't forget, Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off their orders. All right, let's get back to the Deems interview. Javante Williams, he had 106 of his career high, 144 yards coming after contact. He's becoming one of my favorite players to watch with his style of play and just how tough he is to bring down. Do you kind of see him separating himself from the trio of running backs as to he should become the feature back or do you still like how they're using uh, a mixture of Michael Carter and Javante Williams? I know I like mixtures. I, I don't think, I, I mean, I don't feature back. I, I don't know how you really define that. Um, I, I, he, he was obviously the best back on Saturday and he had the most yards. Uh, I, I don't know about how you can do feature. What, what does feature mean? Does it mean that we're going to, you know, turn around, throw it to him 40, I mean, turn around, pitch it to him 40 times. I don't know how his, how his pass block and how his blitz pickup figures into it. I don't know how his route running figures into it, but right now, He's definitely running the hardest and the lowest and breaking the most tackles. And then uh, on the flip side of that, you know, Michael Carter's been getting a lot of snaps as well. And you can't run a running back into the ground like Alabama does or, you know, and, and they get to the NFL and, and, and you never hear from them again because they run them 45 times or LSU does with the exception of Fournette. You know, you got to kind of keep them like maybe – maybe Georgia does, and you keep rotating them in, and, and these guys, you end up hearing about them again because they're not beaten up. So I think if you're going to attract the, the, the elite running backs, you don't you don't say you come in here and you're going to be the feature. You say you're going to come in here and you're going to play and win games and you're going to have an NFL career and you're going to have some legs under you when you get to the NFL. Yeah, they're splitting carries right now. Michael Carter and Javante Williams, they both had 20 carries. And I think what Michael Carter does really well is – catch the ball out of the backfield he's he's basically like another receiver out there and I think it's a situation where if you're only putting him in on passing downs and you're kind of tipping off your hand to the defense saying you know we're trying to sneak a pass by you and it's not like he's doing bad running the ball he's he's having a great season in his own right it's just Javante Williams kind of playing at another level right now uh seeing the seeing holes and um hitting them before they close 
Yeah, I tell you, Javante is going to be the four-minute back for sure. If we get back into a point where we were like last Saturday in the fourth quarter and, and the four-minute running back you want is, is going to be Javante where he's going, to, he's going to get a couple yards after contact. He may break one like he did at the end of the game, and, and this is when you want to spread the line out and, and run downhill and just keep pounding away, and, and he'll be the guy for that. But during the game, you know, this is an air raid offense. I mean, like it or not, it's an air raid offense, and they like to throw those swing passes, and they like to do different things out, the little tunnel screens, and they like to get the ball out in space. And um, and right now, obviously, Longo sees something in Carter uh, during those types of play calls that that he likes. And and you got to have you got to have all three of these guys before the year's out. I mean, we had a quarterback come in, you know, for a run and play. They tried to do that, and he he's out for six weeks. You know, I mean, you never know with this team who's going to go down next. So you got to have everybody ready. And you, the more depth you have, the more longevity you're going to have, you know, at that position. Yeah, I agree with your point that you first made about Javante Williams being the the four minute back uh, to close out games because when you're defense and you're worn out, Javante Williams is probably one of the last running backs you want to face with him just looking to try to punish you every time you uh, come to make tackles. But speaking of favorite players, your guy Chaz Surratt, mm-hmm. he had one of his best games again, leading the team with twelve tackles and impressively. For how long he was out there and how many snaps he played, he had no missed tackles. And this was a point I made in my postgame video. We can no longer say, you know, Chaserat, he's playing great for a former quarterback because it's doing a huge disservice to how well he's playing. He's just playing great football right now. Yeah, I tell you, I've said it every week. And and I I said it when, when you first started seeing some glimpses of it in the South Carolina game. And I was like, Oh my goodness. You know, I mean, when he closed in and broke up a pass on, on Feaster, who's a really good running back. And, and I was like, wait a minute, this, 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 this might work out. And I said, wait till he learns how to tackle. Well, he had 12 of them Saturday and, you know, in game six. And, and, and a lot of those were solo and you'd see some guys, you know, try to hot tackle, high tackle around the head and, and the running backs were bouncing off. And then lo and behold, there's 21 wrapping and rolling. So he's my favorite on this team by far, just because of, of how quick he's gotten better, how much spark he's given us, and um, his closing speed and and the way he's adapted to a new position. One of the reasons things are opening up for Surratt is because of the attention Jason Strobridge, Aaron Crawford, Tamon Fox are getting. When those three are all healthy and on the field together, they take this defense to a whole nother level. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, that we, we keep talking about the need for the bye week and, and just the injury bug in the – in the secondary, but you know, I'm knocking on wood as I'm talking. This is one right here that these three up front, um, and, and the other guys that are rotating in, they need this bad, and and this should be re- really rejuvenating. And we're going to have to get some pressure in the second half of this season uh, to give some of these young DBs that are going to be in there. We've got to give give them some help, and it's going to start up there. And I tell you, I thought Crawford moved laterally as good as I've seen him. Saturday and they did a lot of stretch plays and, and he had gap contained the whole way and he was ripping through and, and, and getting penetration and, and establishing the line of scrimmage back in their backfield and um, Strobridge is going to demand the double team and he he makes guys jump all sides whether they're home or away so agreed we we get penetration up there and we let Chaz and Gimmel run side to side and, and get inside out and tackle um, maybe we can maybe we can sneak this thing out maybe we can find a way to compete in the coastal because we're getting some pressure on them and, and, and we're and we're not having to cover, you know, extended lengths of time. So that, that'll be the goal 
in the second half is to get the D-line healthy and getting them upfield and making these quarterbacks get the ball out of their hand quick to, to protect some of this, these, these injuries we have in the secondary. Yeah, I had mentioned it in my post-game uh, video between Strobridge, Crawford, Fox, and Alan Cater. When you could get pressure with your front four, it, it allows Jay Bateman to get pretty creative with you know his packages and where he's sending pressure from. And one of the most dangerous things you could have is Jay Bateman getting creative with his calls. Yeah, and I tell you, and, and and if you get back to the place where we're going to be in a couple of years, where where you can get pressure with your front four, and you don't have to bring you don't have to bring pressure. You've got people. You've got seven dropped. There, there's the windows are going to be tight all over, and you've got big tall corners, and you've got safeties that'll come up and hit you, and you got linebackers covering inside out. It's going to be fun to watch because you won't have to be really cute. You won't have to bring a lot of pressure. If you can get pressure with four on five up front. And even sometimes make a make a running back chip on the way out because your ends are getting upfield so well, or your outside backers, or however you're going to do it from an odd or even man front. That's even better than than dialing up uh, good blitz packages, and that's where we're headed, where we can start rotating those guys and getting pressure with four, and putting seven in zone coverage back there, and, and mixing it up with man every once in a while, and then start getting some turnovers. All right, let's take one quick break for a word from our sponsors. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a dude averaging 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Okay, we're back. Now, you had mentioned this before, but I wanted to go a little more in depth. Patrice Rene, out. Miles Wolfolk, out. Cam Kelly, out. And now you add Trey Morrison to the list of players who will miss significant time in the secondary or just out for the year completely. If you're Dre Bly, how do you handle the defensive backs with one guy after another going down at the position? I know you said... Fans should have to uh, reel back their expectations for the secondary for how young they're being. But, you know, the games are still going to have to be played, whether Carolina is confident with the guys they have or not. So if you're Dre Bly, how do you try to instill confidence in your younger guys as fast as you can? Uh, that's a question I don't know how to answer I, um, because I've, I've never coached defense and, and I've, I've, I haven't played defense at all even before. I didn't even play defense in high school. So. If you do it from a, just a macro football level, you've got to you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to get in the film room, and you've got to be staying after practice, before and after practice. And I think I think where you can make up for lack of talent better, and I know this firsthand because I wasn't that talented, but I was able to play uh, in the NFL because I studied so much film, and you can learn so much from alignments, and you can learn so much from tendencies. And if you if you get in that film room now, there's no excuse for not – the tape is out there. Every team we're playing from now on has, what, four, five, six games on tape. The more you watch, the more you can study these receivers and the more you can study these tight ends and, and what do they do when they break and do they take a bigger split on this play when they're going out or, or, or when they're going in and they take a lesser split when they're going out. Where can you go? Where can you find tendencies? And I think the best thing that you can do as a player that's maybe a walk-on or, or, or just not ready to play is uh, is protecting with a safety over top. And, and again, you may have to dial up some blitzes. But number one, man, if you can get our strength on the defense, which is our front four, get them upfield and get pressure on the quarterback, 
and make those windows tighten up and make these kids not have to cover for as long, maybe we can get lucky and maybe we can get, you know, get, get some good play out of them. Yeah, we'll see how that position group does going forward. I think Storm Duck has played pretty well this year. Greg Ross has been significantly better from last year to this year. Don Chapman had the interception against Georgia Tech, so now he should be playing with a little more confidence when he's holding up that turnover belt. But now you have certain players have played a lot of reps, banged up from the normal wear of a season. How critical is this bye week right now for UNC with a uh, a very important stretch of conference games coming up? Yeah, that's that's a layup. It's just, I mean, it, it probably could have probably come in a little earlier, would have been better. But the later you can get your bye, and and the more you need it. I mean, that that's just how it is. And then by the end of the year, hopefully, we'll be a little bit fresher than the guys that had their buys this week or last week. But everybody needs one. Um, I don't think there's been a team, and, and I'm just guessing, but I haven't watched too much, but. I don't know if there's been any team in the country that's had to do as much as this team has had to do for for four quarters out of the first uh, out of the first six games, um, with five of them coming down to the last play of the game. I just doubt there's anybody that's had to be that physically and emotionally invested in the game. And um, when that happens, there's always a, a good time to get away from it. I know I'm uh, physically and mentally exhausted watching the game, so I can't even imagine what the players are like in that locker room, but. Carolina is off this week, and then the Tar Heels will return to action the 19th at Virginia Tech. Deems, good talking to you. We'll catch up next week to preview that game. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.